Hi guys, welcome to the show. This is the Original Judah Podcast, episode 23. Hi guys, welcome to the show. Finally got Chris back on today for a bit of a catch-up about the state of British judo. And we jumped straight in there. Um, what started as you know a bit of a catch-up between the two of us quickly got into some of the stuff that we wanted to use for the show. So we launched right into it without any kind of that unnecessary formality right at the start. Um, before we get onto the show though, there's been a couple of exciting things happening for me, I guess, last couple of weeks, judo-wise. So open my own club, um, and we've had our first couple of sessions, and I guess despite a huge lack of advertising and promotion, I've had a few people show up for, for the sessions, uh, the kids and the, the seniors, so that's been been pretty exciting. So out of small things, hopefully we'll, that'll start to grow. And the, the other piece of news was that I, you may have noticed that on some of the earlier podcasts, I had a half-hearted attempt at promoting a kind of video download that I did with the help of Matt DeQuino from Beyond Grappling, and we, we sold the first one, which was very exciting. So I don't know who you are who bought it, but thank you very much. If you're listening, please get in touch and let me know what you think. Um, there's a few things on there I really hope you find interesting. And yeah, it inspired me. I might even throw a plug in for it at the end of the show. Um, anyway, back to the, the show with Chris. He does mention a Facebook post um, taken from a wrestling forum um, in the show. It's, it's really good reads and it's about everything you can do to kind of break your opponent mentally. Um, yeah, I think it's well worth having a look at. So I'll, I'll try and post it in the show notes and maybe stick it up on the website. Anyway, straight in with the show. I, I tell you what I listened to the other day. I listened to um, I listened to a lot of podcasts, but Brian Jacks has done one with um, the Raspberry Eight guy. You know, he interviewed Danny. Yeah. All oh, right. Okay. Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, but that was he was quite interesting to listen to. Um, he's clearly not up to date with some of the IJF kind of things and the Olympic regulations. But it was interesting, him talking about um, how he never really struggled with anxiety or with or with nerves. He said he often had kind of those negative thoughts, but he was always able to swamp them because he he trained so hard and he was so confident. It was, amazing. It was really interesting. It's, it's a good one to listen to. I mean, it's good to listen to how he thinks everything is so kind of watered down and soft now compared to his day. As ev- everyone who is over the age of... Whatever thinks it's tougher in my day. Do you know? I, I was I was speaking with Nigel last week, week before, um, and we was kind of saying like, and almost supporting what Brian is saying there, James, in terms of what I can see. You know, as an outsider, not really heavily involved in judo at all now, but as an interested observer, um, like the the strength and depth isn't there. Um, and the the um, the same mentality isn't there as what used to be, uh, you know, kind of. And I suppose it's um, probably post two thousand ten, really. But if you if you take any of the top players from any era, so whether that's Jacks, Starbrooks, Renfrey, 
um, coming it through to Adams, um, Eckersley, Donahue, um, bringing it again through then to Kingston, Birch, um, up to Winston, Peter, uh, Peter Cousins, you know, all of them, all of them, every weight category were physically and emotionally tough and hard. Yeah, Adams could do the nice judo, Jacks could do the nice judo, but they could also fight and fight hard because they had to. Because they had to, I think. You know, I know. Um, speaking with Mark, had said he he and um, Owen Pinnock had a, kind of almost a a non-verbal agreement that if in training, if they was on each other and they could take right, each okay. other's arms, it would be it would be gone. You know, then they'd, they'd have each other off. He said, so you 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 had to be on your metal. So I think where that strength and depth has kind of eroded over time, I think so has the, the mentality and the brutality of it all, really. You know, and along with that comes the, the athlete welfare aspects and and kind of, I think we get lost sometimes with it, don't we? You know, nobody wants a bullying culture. Nobody wants, um, you know, people to feel degraded or disrespected. But at the same time, we're, we're in a combat sport we're, and, it, and it's, and it's tough and it's hard and you've, you've got to dig in. And um, I know the, the wrestlers, uh, I, read a, a, I read a wonderful piece, actually. I forget that, who wrote it, but it was talk about the, the art of breaking your opponents. Uh, and it was just a step-by-step guide of what's coming next as you're, as you're breaking somebody in training. Oh, really. wow, okay. Oh, what, what was that? That'd be quite interesting. Um, I want to say... Uh, do you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll look it up and I'll send it to you. Um, and we'll, okay. It'll be no, it's a really interesting it. thing. I'd like to, really I'd like to read it. I've got, I've got a, I don't know. I don't know if we talked about this vaguely last time or if when the recording didn't work, I kind of alluded to to this when I kind of just got 15 minutes out on my own. So I, I think with the women, I think our female fighters are so much tougher than the men because there's so many more potential training partners. So if you look at 57s and 63 women, you've got such a big pool of 57 and 63 women, but you've also got 50 kilo men, 55 kilo men, 60 kilo men, who are all potential training partners. Just a constant stream of junior men coming through, isn't there? Yeah. At that 16 to 20 year old, um, before some of them have got the adult male strength, and kind of amazing training partners and they're tough and they're technical and it's that constant stream. I told, totally, totally agree with you. I think it's, um, you know, absolutely part of it. Any judo club, I think, well, most judo clubs, maybe it's a bit unfair, um, you're going to be one of the few women on the mat. So to come through that, you're going to have to be mentally tough because a lot of the people on the mat will be physically very strong. So you have to be strong to keep up and you you have to be technically good as well um i think that's that's kind of my theory that's why our women are so good because i think in a lot of countries you don't get the men and women training together and i think that's why our girls come through and they end up so so good i i I agree there and i I think there's um there's a few things connected with that as well you know there, there was a disconnect um a few years ago kind of Gemma and karina kind of pulled through London, um, and then kind of Sally, obviously through through um, through Rio. But in that interim period, that that 
that younger younger ended group um have, have really all come through at the, at the at the same time and pushed each other but i think because they got two or three in each wage category plus they've also got somebody ahead of them um you know so if you if you look at um six sixty three kilograms for a few years it was we kind of benefited from alice and obviously alice is going to the europeans but she was just out of reach and that chasing pack have had to reach beyond the grasp haven't they to to catch her up as, as they're maturing and again with 70 kilos sally's been there um within 78 Gemma was ahead of natalie so when you've got somebody in front of you to chase you've got you, you know, you're never tired and you've always got a target. Um, and I think that that's helped to close the gap as well quickly. So I think it's kind of multifaceted, but um, at the same time, really, really wonderful to be able to, to see that within the women. And I think, um, you know, from the European team, what's been, been selected um, just this last week, that they have got strong entrance. Everyone is strong. But also within 63s and I think 70s, really, really strong reserves as well, which is kind of unheard of, isn't it? Well, for, for quite a while. So you're talking about earlier, perhaps the mental and physical toughness isn't there anymore or isn't as prevalent anymore. Um, for me, I'm not so sure. I, I think it comes more down to a numbers game. I think internationally and in the UK, um, the physical level of athletes is so much higher than it's ever been before even than maybe you know even since 2000 and even since the year 2000 2004 i think the athletes that are coming through internationally are benefiting from decades of, of sports science and um so I would suspect they're better athletes now than they have been before. Do you know what? I, I, I think this, this kind of factored into my conversation I had the other week, which was all of that, what you were saying there, that's your added value, isn't it? That's your, that's, you know, the sports psychology, the sports science, the sports medicine, um, which had been absent in within judo, you know, it's kind of, when I say absent, when you're talking like the, the Jacks era or the Starbucks era, you know, kind of moving right the way through. And I would say probably um, maybe 1995 as the, as the the kind of line in the sand, really, when we start to, I think it was around about then when we started to get lottery funding. Um, and I think that's the, the change in, in direction where we could then start to build in the added value. Um, and it's become more and more sophisticated. But I think the danger, and I, I agree with you fully in terms of the athleticism and the uh, the machines that are going onto the mat now, um, I've got that lots of added value. But have they got the foundations underneath that emotional and physical resilience? I was just, you know, kind of an hour or so ago, um, Peter Lomax has put on, on one of the Facebook pages kind of, you know, laughing and joking about kind of how young Martin McSorley looked. And I started to watch a bit of that video and seeing some of the athletes that the Kendo players were producing in the mid-80s. And, oh, my God, okay. phenomenally fit athletes, but without the refinery, I would say, without the refinery. Um, 
So you, you, I, I, I totally agree with you that the athletes on the world stage are much, much um, more finely tuned than they ever have been before. Um, but there was still a bedrock, I would say, um, previously. What do you think to that? I think it's interesting. I think the athletes we produce now are tough and they are resilient and I, I think they are physically tough as well. But I do think that because they're so much more finely tuned, I think you're naturally more prone to injury because you're so much more specialist. And because we've got oh, such absolutely. a small pool, um, certainly away from those middleweight categories, I, you know, I think an injury in a couple of the top players who, again, who are so finely tuned, leaves massive holes. Um, it, no, it really does. Because I, I, I think it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? I think you're absolutely right. If you're, if you're wanting to be at your optimum, and it's, I think there's a couple of things with that. Judo is now an all-year-round sport. Um, going back 20 years, there was maybe six tournaments a year. Belgium, Paris, German Open, World Masters, Worlds and Europeans, Kano Cup. You know, kind of, that was the, the, the year. Um, now you've got to be doing a minimum of 12 tournaments a year. Um, you, so you've got to be at the level for longer. Um, you know, essentially there used to be two blocks, kind of springtime and then kind of towards the tail end of the year. Um, but now it's right the way through the year. Um, and I think that's much more good to do. I think the... Um, it's a razor blade, isn't it, between being your sharpest and falling off the edge. And that is such a balance. But I think before that comes the robustness. Um, Athletes being ready to um, take on a uh, full-time training. Um, And, you know, judo's good enough, but, you know, you don't have to be the best judo player to be the best judo player in the world to become world champion. Um, you you look at um, athletes like you and Burton, so physically dominating, um, but not not overly the best flamboyant judo player in the world, but really robust, tough, um, and really had years and years of, of kind of underpinning um, judo behind him before he saw saw the best out of him. So I think it, it's hard, isn't it? I think you've got to be. You know, I think we have to be clear is that if you're going to be competing on the world stage, you're going to be tough anyway. But it's that that extra, extra um, kind of fine margins where the world's best are really phenomenal creatures, really, I, I think, in terms of being able to produce match after match, tournament after tournament, championships after championships. And I think that's where the the changes for me over the past few years. Yeah, I, no, I can see that. I, 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 think it, I think it ties in, though, with why certainly some of the men appear to peak later in the career in the UK than they do elsewhere because it takes a certain amount of time to get that number of training hours in of such a high quality that perhaps the... the the women can get in earlier because, they, again, they've got so many more bodies to train with domestically. They get to a higher level quicker. Whereas to get the same number of quality practices um, to develop that toughness, 
that resilience kind of takes longer for the men because they have fewer quality practices? I I agree. You know, if you look at, um, I know I think there's about four or five lads over in Georgia at the minute, you know, following um, okay. the Georgia Grand Prix. I think they're staying out there for a month, um, you know, and basically to get the tough volume in because it's exactly what they need. Well, hopefully then, um, and well, hopefully that'll be, I was going to say, hopefully that'll begin to show, but um, since we last actually had you on a podcast that people listen to, um, <laughs> because we did try and record one about a month ago, <laughs> going over certainly Paris and Germany results, um, but obviously the recording was uh, crap, so people won't have heard from you for a long, long time, but there have been some absolutely phenomenal results, um, certainly from the women, but we're starting to get a few places from the men as well. I think that's been really little sneaky kind of glimmers, hasn't it, really, for me? Um, Jamal and Eric yeah. um, both getting set places in Georgia. Now, Georgia's a tough, tough tournament, and I don't know if you caught much of it, but the, um, the judo was hard. It was really, really hard. And I think Ham and um, Jamal done wonderfully well. Stuart got caught, you know, got caught cold. I think it was a bit of naivety on his part. Um, but also I watched Dan Powell. He fought really, really well in his contest, you know, just unlucky. But, but uh, you know, for me, it was really, really pleasing to see both Eric and Jamal kind of fighting fighting really tough and kind of claiming a good good seventh places. Yeah, no, I think the results there, I didn't see much of the judo, but the results for those guys are phenomenal. And... Obviously, as well, you got the the two girls with with bronzes at sixty threes, uh, Lulu and Lucy, and that just carries on the the phenomenal results that the the women have, have been getting since. I guess I like to think of this bit as the European tour started with with Paris about a month ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you look at if you look at Lulu, must be thrilled to bits coming back after injury, first tournament, um, you know, to take a a Grand Prix medal, um, Lucy is kind of just keeping up that momentum, really, isn't she? Um, I think she'd probably be disappointed not to have made the final, in, you know, given how, how well she was fighting. Um, you know, but abs- absolutely great result. And then uh, Kimberly Rennick's taken a, a fifth place, which she's kind of, she done wonderfully well, wonderfully well, um, which has just kind of chipped away and Really, really good result for, for yeah, her there. So. That was a fantastic result for, for Kim. Um, and I know she fought again this weekend um, in, Ta- in Antalya, which is going on at the moment as we record it, this podcast. Um, she didn't have too much luck, but Chelsea Giles, I don't know if you've seen, got to the final. Uh, yeah, I mean, I watched um, all of Chelsea's matches. Um, I missed uh, Kim's match against the Kosovan, but I'm told... Um, she done all right. I'm told she fought well. Um, and was unlucky to 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 be on the losing end of, the, of that contest. And um, but Chelsea, I mean, it's quite interesting, isn't it? The selections for the Europeans were earlier this week. I think the deadline day was today. But in effect, the team's been submitted. I think this result will actually qualify her for the Worlds. Um, you know, in terms of the, the criteria. Um, but she fought. Really, really well. She had a Russian in the. She had a buy in the first round. Fought the Russian in the second round, and just dominated the match from start to finish. Really, um, 
Then she fought against Pup of Hungary in the third round. And Pup's an experienced, good level um, competitor. And Chelsea just destroyed her. She just took her to pieces. And, and it was like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. Um, I can't remember her. Oh, I can't remember the semi-final match against the Israeli that went to golden score, and she came through that well. You know, the Israeli was ranked 20 in the world, um, and then kind of lands herself in the in the in the final again against a, a Kosovan, I think, um, ranked fifth in the world. And you know, I think Chelsea never really threatened. Um, Overall, there was one moment where I thought she'd stole a score for out of nowhere, but it, it, it wasn't given. Um, but the, you know, just to get to the final in in, in a to, to get her first Grand Prix medal was massive, massive. Um, in terms of kind of how do, how does that relate to the European selection? That I think it's tough, really, that we are where we are. And if she would have got this result last week, it would have qualified her for the European. I think in real terms, the quality in Antalya isn't at the level of what it was in um, Georgia. But also, you know, kind of Chelsea's um, last most significant result, I think, was last June at Junior Austria. You know, so she's gone a number of months without really um, producing the goods as she did today. Wonderful to see her do it today. Um, But it'll be give us something to um, hold on to in the in, in the interim period, I suppose. Missing out on the Europeans will uh, hopefully spur her on to get results as she did. Yeah, certainly. And I think, like you said, hopefully that result will qualify the Worlds for her later this year. 52s was the only female weight that wasn't selected. I know there's no one going over 78s, but I think Sarah Adlington had been selected and, and withdrew for, for, some, for, for whatever reason. Yeah, I, I I I thought she'd been selected in the first round of selections, but when I when I looked most recently, she's not on the list, and I don't know the any detail behind that. But you know, it kind of I, I I could have swore Adlington was selected, so yeah, that, that would make sense. Can you see us taking a full women's team um, with the results from from Chelsea and Kim this last couple of week weeks, and and obviously over the last month, the results of across all the other weights with. Uh, Nakoda, all the girls at 63s, Sally, Gemma, Natalie, all bringing back big, big results. Are we going to take a full team to Tokyo? I was hoping you was going to say to um, Azerbaijan and the world. That <laughs> <laughs> would have been a, a bit of an easier question, um, which my answer would have been yes to Azerbaijan. I, I don't think so. To the to the world, um, but I would I would hope we've got sorry to to the Olympics. Sorry, James. Um, I would hope we have five places there. Yeah, uh, yeah. What about you? What do you think to that? I pose me a tough question. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's. I think if you'd asked me about the lightweights a few weeks ago, um, the lightweight women a few weeks ago, forty eights, fifty twos. I would have said they were going to struggle, but I think the results last weekend, I thought Georgia was really tough at 48s, so I think Kim getting a fifth there was a phenomenal result. Um, yeah, yeah. Chelsea is still super young, 
you know, and to again pull a result like that today in Antalya is phenomenal. So yeah, it gives me a bit of hope. I'm I think it's it's an exciting time. I mean, I I, I fully agree there. I think uh, when I look at Chelsea, I, I was thinking about that. I was, I was actually speaking to my wife very rarely about judo. <laughs> um, <laughs> just even just rarely speaking to her, to be honest. But, um, you know, when uh, I, was, I was saying how oh, she hadn't been selected for the European, she was like, well, what's the rush? How old is she? She's, you know, kind of 21 years of age. Yeah. Why does she have to rush to this year's Europeans? You know, she'll be lucky if she qualifies for Tokyo. Or kind of she'll have done well to qualify for Tokyo. Don't it's not it's not a sprint, it doesn't have to be a sprint. Um and I thought, do you know what that's you've got a point there. You've got a point, you know, this kind of things will come in their own time, won't they? I mean, I think she was ranked forty ninth in the world before today. Um and I think Kimberly uh, was thirtieth in the world um before today. So kind of you know, they've we've got some some work to do to get to that top eighteen place, but it's very much doable, isn't it? It's not. It's not a million miles away, and it's it's not the top eighteen either. Like for me, it's always it, it becomes the top twenty five, doesn't it? Because with, you can only take one from each nation, it's and there's Japan, two or three Japan. There's always going to be two or three Japan. There's going to be a couple of Russians. There's going to be, you know, one maybe two Mongolian, French, French or, yeah, yeah, Brazil. Yeah. So you you do drop down the places, and, and if you can get inside that world top thirty. You've given yourself an opportunity um, to get to the Olympics, and obviously, you want to be to give yeah, yourself the best yeah. chance. The medal, yeah, I think we yeah. talked about before. You want to be top eight in the world, the best best chance for a medal. Yeah. But to give yourself a chance to go, you need to be inside that top world top thirty. Um, how about sixty threes? I'm going to put you on the spot. You don't have to answer. Who do you take at sixty threes at this stage? They are all on Renshaw. fire. Oh wow! Okay. Renshaw. I've been clear about that. I think for a little while, probably. If I'm honest, I think um, Renshaw, uh, probably from about three years ago, who I've cited to be the representative in Tokyo. Um, Amy Livesey, um, Alice, Lulu, you know, all all kind of high quality. But I, I don't know, I think um, Renshaw's got just something different. I think she's awkward. I think um, she's very, very difficult to throw. I think uh, physicality is great. I think she's mentally tough, um, and I think she's she's on a roll really. And I think what she, what she's done over the past few years is just continue to develop, and and you know without really having any blips. But I think that's the thing that concerns me as well is that there's going to be a stage where her form goes, and, and how does she respond then? Obviously, she had an injury. Um, after Paris last year, I think, uh, with a number, you know, she was out for a number of months, but it's bounced back well, bounced back well. So kind of, it's when the form goes, isn't it, where you kind of you see how how are people going to respond to this. If you, but at sixty three, she's my pick. Okay, if you were a um, young sixty three player coming through now, would you want to be involved in that in that weight category? Oh, a young player, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think I w- you, you, you'd have to bide your time, you'd have to be patient, but your skill level will be dragged up through the roof. Definitely. I, I, think, I think you're right. I think being involved in that category, 
at any level, you know, to compete, everybody's going to have to step up domestically. I think it would be intimidating for a for a young athlete coming through, but especially as like Lucy and Lulu and Amy are all so young as well, they're going to be around potentially long, for a long, long you've time. Got another two cycles yeah. if they if they want that comfortably, haven't Definitely. they? It's uh, it's good. And, to... and, and, and but I think the hard part though, James, is at the moment if you're a young player within sixty threes, you can't now. Um, drop away or go up away and expect that much of an easier ride. Yeah, yeah. With um, Nicola and uh, Celia got the other selection in the Europeans, didn't she? She did, didn't yeah. she? I'm really, really pleased with that. She's, a, I think, I think for years to come, she is a firecracker, isn't she? You know, kind of really explosive, aggressive, and I think all of her qualities lie within that just rawness. And, and I hope, um, I hope we can allow that to flourish rather than suppress that um, because I think that's her strength I think that's a I think that's a potentially really exciting rivalry as well with on the map Nakoda and Achelia because um, is Achelia still a junior? Um, do you know what I, I think she is I think she's probably final year junior now yeah, um, yeah I think she is that would make sense and she's got that junior European medal um Selected for senior Europeans, yeah, she's she's flying at the moment. And obviously, Nakoda's flying as well with with Germany Grand Slam, Paris medal. Exciting times. I think um, I think Nick, Nakoda will personally think I think she will take a medal in Rio in Tokyo. Um, but I think after then, Australia will really be hot on a on a tail, and hope she's hot on a tail before then. Cool. I look forward to seeing how that develops because I think it is potentially really, really exciting, um, especially as they're so, both of them are so good right now. Um, and you could say that about any of the women's categories, I think. Certainly from, from 57s up to 70s, 78s, there's 70s, 57s to 70s, there's rivalries in all of them. And it's, um, yeah, really exciting yeah. to see. Um, so men's team, only four players got selected. You had... Uh, Ashley at 60s, um, Stuart McWatt at 81s, and Fraser and Jamal at 90s. Any surprises there for you? Um, I'm just pleased to see Fraser and Jamal did. Um, I think there, there was, you know, I don't, I, I'm not overly sure what the, the criteria was. I think, I'm, I'm, if I think the the thing for me is I think Bill Kelly put on the on the forum that the bar's too high for the juniors. Oh, so I'm saying the juniors, the younger players. He said, and I, and I, I go along with that. Um, I actually agree that the bar is for those younger ones, the likes of Chelsea Giles, Dan Powell, Eric Ham. I think the bar for a Europeans is slightly too high, but I do believe that the threshold still has to be, remain high, if that makes sense. Um, I think it has to be extremely high for a world championships. Um, but I think a, a Europeans, if they're likely to qualify for next year's Europeans, then I think we could have them in now. Um, and I've never really been an advocate of that, really. I've always been an advocate of, actually, you've got to meet the criteria that's set ahead, and the criteria should be extremely high. But I think what where we're in a different place to where we were five years ago. Um, in that, in that, people are now whoever's going to those championships 
are in with a chance of getting a medal. And if they're not in with a chance of getting a medal, they're certainly going to be coming out of the pools, you know, kind of. And if they don't, that's judo. But they're all going on the mat with proven quality. They're not going to tournaments to gain experience. They're already going to whatever tournament it is with that experience in the bag with proven record of being able to medal at that level. Um, But I think that's where we are now. But I think now we could probably afford to drop that to then start to bring those younger players through. Before now, I don't, I don't believe we've been in that. We've been able to have that liberty. I think we've, the the standards of, and the expectations have had to be high. What is the uh, what is I the criteria? What, I've not seen I've not seen the criteria for for European qualifications. Me, me, me neither. Um, but I'm just kind of going off off memory. I think it's kind of fifth fifth place in a Grand Prix. Um, you know, over however many months. Um, all, you know, or junior European I don't think, placing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know, and, and obviously they've got, they've always got the and any other yeah. selection with the benefit of British judo, but I don't think there's been too many of them, you know, if at all really. With with that regard, um seeing a couple of the youngsters, Stuart and Jamal, selected for the team, were you surprised that neither of the two lads at seventy threes, the two young lads at seventy threes were selected? Yeah, I, I think, do you know what? I think Powell has, um, has done okay, really, right right the way through the year. And he's never um, never really progressed through the rounds, but has never embarrassed himself either, um, you know, at any tournament. Eric wasn't doing as well as um, Powell, you know, kind of, Powell had got a couple of wins, but, you know, on the on the circuit... But Eric hadn't really been. He'd been doing okay. Um, but last weekend's result in Georgia has, I think, placed him 40 places or 30 places ahead of Powell in the rankings. Um, you know, I think he's, a, he's about 89 or something like that on, on the ranking list. I, I could be well off there, but I know it was kind of, certainly wasn't top 50. Right, okay. And I think Powell was. I think Powell was 120-something, and I think Eric was in the 70s. Cool. So, I don't know. I think I would have liked to have seen them. I would have liked to have seen them. I think they're, they're both as good as each other. I think they both do judo the right way. They both look to throw. They both look to score. Um, I certainly feel it would have been a good opportunity for them um, with no pressure at, at the Europeans this time round. Okay. I uh, I don't know. Um, seeing the two young, young younger guys in there, I am surprised that they weren't selected because I, I don't know, but I'd suspect that they've all got similar like programs in terms of goals. Um, I don't, yeah. I don't yeah, understand. So. I wouldn't understand why um, Stewart would have a because again, similar ages, similar results at junior level. Um, I don't. I think Stewart's had uh, junior world bronze, hasn't he? Okay. Yeah, and I suppose Jamal Jamal had the same, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ah, maybe that's the reason. Fine, maybe that's the reason. Do my homework before coming on here when I chat to you, because you know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, sometimes I do. Sometimes you wing it, don't you? But <laughs> it's kind of. I, I think, yeah, I think both. I think both. McWatt and Jamal have got junior world bronzes. Um, obviously, Jamal won Bremen. Um, was it last year? Yeah. 
think he, he won Brennan last year. Um, but they're young men, aren't they? They're young men. First years in the seniors, second year in the seniors. And yeah, I, I just like them to do well do well at the Europeans. Um, but I, I would have also liked to have seen Powell and Ham in there as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, moving on a little bit. So I wanted to ask what you thought about honorary black belts. There's been a, a couple of notable ones over the last few months. And I'm really only mentioning them because I think they'd be absolutely incredible guests to get on the show. So if anybody has any kind of contacts, and there's only a few hundred people who listen to this, but um, I'm, I'm obviously talking about Keanu Reeves, um, who received an honorary black belt uh, from Nomura. I think that was after mm-hmm. John Wick 2, which I'm a huge Keanu fan. I think he's just the best. So if <laughs> I'm, I'm sat here talking. I wonder if, if Simon Hayes is about. Um, do you know Do you know Simon, by the no, way? No, no. So Simon Hayes, um, I can, kind of, I've got a, almost like a virtual relationship with him, really. Um, he... Um, He's a judo black belt and also a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. And I think he okay. runs a Brazilian jiu-jitsu club out of Camberley. Um, but Simon is a world leader in um, sound. Um, he received the Oscar for the sound for Les Miserables. Oh, wow. Um, and I do wonder, so this is a shout-out to Simon, if you've got an opportunity, Simon, to get to fix uh, James up with an uh, interview to the podcast with Keanu Reeves. That might be the link, you know. Oh, that would be amazing. Well, um, while well, we're on that subject, well. Gene Simmons is the other one <laughs> who got his uh, blackout <laughs> with, um, yeah, from Kiss. Did he really? Oh, from from Jason Morris. Yeah, um, I don't think he's ever done any judo. But like, the... do you know what? He could ask you as a people with that tongue. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But um, I thought I thought they were they were quite quite worth a mention. I thought I'd bring them up just in case anyone. Uh, uh, has those links but I didn't know that about Simon Hayes I'll, I might get in touch to see to, to get him on the podcast I've um have you seen the, um, some of the videos that Sophie Cox has been doing um, relating to the junior yes, from the John yeah. Wick movies I've seen them I've seen them I thought it was absolutely fantastic really really good passed a good five minutes of my time it was brilliant <laughs> might have watched it two or three times to be honest <laughs> <laughs> no I thought they were a lot of fun I think that's a great idea as well um promoting the sport getting people interested I have to get I don't know I've never thought of asking Sophie to come on I'll have to I have to get in touch see if she'd be interested Sophie would be a great guest wouldn't she yeah yeah I think she's working with the England cadet squad now as well isn't she yeah I've seen that with it I think it's uh, is it Reds uh, England Reds stuff yeah. um, I think I think you know she's she's got a lot of experience Sophie and kind of um also, for me, I think with Sophie, she's she's very grounded. First girl to play um, rugby league at Wembley, um, if you didn't know that already. Oh. But, um, you know, she, she stepped away from the sport, got life experience, and then came back and was an Olympian second time around as well. So I think that, I think for people who've been able to do that, it's just phenomenal, really. Just from a judo career alone, she's had like an amazing kind of story. She's had two separate judo careers, didn't she? Um... Yes, yeah. I think, did she get a European medal each time? I'm not uh, sure. She I'm did the sure. first time round. I'm not sure about the second time. But, um, that makes sense. Yeah, but, yeah. Do you know what? I'll, I will have to ask her. She'd be phenomenal to get on. 
that's us reached the end guys so thanks to Chris for coming on lots of fun speaking to him um, really enjoyed this chat hopefully we'll get him back on soon before we go I want to say congratulations to everyone who was selected for the Europeans good luck to you all um, if you don't know it kicks off in a couple of weeks in Tel Aviv so that's pretty exciting if you've enjoyed the show please uh, subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcasts and get in touch on Twitter or Facebook. It's at Original Judo Pod. Uh, finally, if here's that plug. If you wanted to support the show in any way, please go leave a review. But if you wanted to do anything more, check out the website and follow the links to contestjudo.com where you can check out and buy the download that I produced with Matt from Beyond Grappling. Anyway, guys, that's your lot. Catch you soon. <laughs>